This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is Betting Weekly Premier League Show. You're with myself, Dan Roebuck, alongside me, Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright. Last weekend, only one minus money winner in the EPL, and that was Arsenal, who left it late away at Brentford. As we enter December, a lot of teams have got eight fixtures scheduled. These are the dog days of the season for players, for teams, for clubs, and they can be a grind for betters as well. Nigel Gamblers, players, teams, world over, have to put the hard yards in at this stage of a soccer season. It's not easy on the pitch. It's not easy for betters off the pitch, is it really? Because the games come thick and fast and sometimes it can be difficult. Good morning to you guys. Uh, thank God it's the end of November. Only thing I can say to start this show. Uh, yes, it's it's, a, it's the way the business end of the season comes. I mean, it's a lot of where the, a lot of the shrewd players make a lot of money uh, and a lot of where that the teams with smaller squads struggle. Uh, in the Premier League, this is, they've got a two-week break now. It's a little bit helps them a little bit, doesn't it? Like obviously the World Cup, but I think more definitely so in the in the lower leagues in England. This is where the, the teams with the bigger squads usually come to the to the top, and the teams with smaller squads really struggle. But I mean, I think we've got to address the elephant in the room before we. I think you were very kind there, Dan, where you approach. You know, never never mentioned the the, the under two and a half goal bets, and um, I went into it in rather detail with Steve Wish on the on the reaction show, which was uh, I thought it was quite honest, and I thought it was quite a a very, very um, a good watch of a show there. I mean, it's just been an terrible uh, season in terms of the unders betters for me. I mean, it's been it's been insane. Um, there's various different reasons why we can look at it. I mean, really, a probably poor handicapping for me is probably the, the number one reason. But there is there is huge reasons why, and obviously the the extra time we've we've noted is is there. Also, teams don't seem to be content for draws anymore. Um, the draw is getting bigger and bigger each week. There's hardly any draws. And nil-nil draws and one-one draws are just a thing of the past now. Um, you know, the nil-nil detector last year was worth a few quid. Now it's on the antique roadshow. Nobody, 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 <laughs> nobody wants one. They can't get one for the love of the money because they don't work. But I think the attitude of teams now in, in the Premier League is completely different from before. And we see so many VAR, VAR decisions now, which are just penalties that should never have been given and penalties where that are coming, which you, which you would have got away with. And it seems to be getting more and more. So I think we are going to see a real regression, the changing in the odds now. I think I think the average Premier League game is probably going to be around about two point seven five now going forward. Um, whether that that can sustain it, but last week was the most incredible game. And before we, you know, I, I want to bring this on, and we might overrun a little bit, but I think it's very important to address this. I think if you look at every single bet that I gave last week, or every single bet we've given over the last two or three weeks, after half hour or forty five minutes, we're about minus five dollars. We are big favourite. You know, we are at halftime, we're counting the money. It's going crazy in the second half. And if we, we mentioned it last week and, and the amount of second half goals, if you look at the proportion between second half goals to first half goals now in the Premier League, it's higher than I can ever remember. It's around about 65%, 70% goals in the second half to the first half. Now, that, that used to be around about 55-44%, something like that, on the, the home and the, and the, and the, and the second league. 
So there could be value in other markets. You know, goals, more goals in second half than first half, over two and a half goals, or it undertook one and a half goals in the, in the first half or no goals in the first half. But we saw games just last week where if you had said to me they cashed over, the, thir- the first one was Wall Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago. And then, you know, you saw games last week which were which were going crazily under two and a half. Nothing was happening in the last 20 minutes. Some debatable penalties, 10 minutes of injury time, and things are changing. And and I think it's for me to really change the way that I approach things here. I've still got them with London this week just to keep you on your toes. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to change that much. But I just think there's the, the Premier League, the, the two times in the last 15 years where I've really suffered gambling really badly. One of them was during COVID where I just couldn't get a read of anything because the home advantage had gone and, I, and it took me ages to read it. But I eventually I made profit on the season and now with these total goal markets and they're, they're, they're causing not many, they're causing sleepless nights, but I'm still getting uh, still getting some sleep. But so I thought I just, I wanted to address that first because I thought you were very kind in your intro. You never mentioned it. So you mentioned about minus 23, but I think the talking point on the whole show and the talking point on Twitter and the abuse I've been getting over the last week is about the two and a half goals. So I thought it was, Probably fair to to address that first. Well, look, you're, you're look, you're very honest, and we put our ROI on the show on the graphic. There's an awful lot of shows that don't. I was speaking to someone who does a different show at the start of the campaign, and he was suggesting to me we're going to go ROI, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Two weeks in, it disappears from their screen. There's an honesty about us, and I hope that people appreciate that. And sometimes, as Nigel is suggesting, you've got to read between the lines. Jack, I mean, has that goal line moved? As as Nigel was suggesting, is is the sort of each or two market really going to be the Asian 2.75 do you, do, do you think now the over 2.75 is 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 that the new line is that the the new two and a half it has eked up yeah it's obvious to see that with the stats that we've had and I think another point for the reason behind that we've touched on it previously as well is that the gap between the top half of the Premier League or certainly the top eight or nine and the bottom is so big I think that's a point that Nigel made where teams aren't going for draws anymore when those lower ranked sides are playing against each other, a draw's not really any good to them anymore. A point isn't really going to do that because they look at, look at down the line. They've got Man City, they've got Arsenal, they've got Tottenham, and they've got Villa. They think we're probably going to pick up a point in the next like five weeks. We need to need to go for this one. This that becomes a crucial game. So I think that opens things up massively. Uh, so yeah, the the lines eked up, and we've got to you know adjust the sites. We're always adjusting our sites throughout the course of the season. But I think yeah, absolutely, it's caught us a bit by surprise that the injury time the added time has stayed as big as it has we probably assumed that it was going to revert back to a bit like normal after a few weeks but it's not it's still there and like we've seen it last week again those goals who again look what what perfect teams for under betters was Wolves and Fulham last weekend or Monday night sorry three penalties goals both teams scored in both halves in added on time goals again, five goal thriller. You you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have believed that at the start of the season, but that's where we're at right now. It's the penalties as well, though. That's the thing. Though. Yeah, that's, you used to well, get the, used to get away with them. You used to get away with decisions, and they used to change the game. So the game would cut. There's a, a fortunate penalty. The other team would galvanise. Yeah. It got away with it. Now you're not getting away with them. So there's there's it's it's changing massively. And you talk about two and three quarter. I know we're sort of going on about this quite a lot while in the picks, but I know two and three quarter goals. There's, I can name you six teams in the Premier League, five or six teams in the Premier League now, but their, their matches start three and a half every time. Brighton, Man City, um, Liverpool, Tottenham, Villa. Villa. That's their three and a half games, whoever they're playing. Now, that is that's something we've never seen in the Premier League. Never. I mean, I can't remember, you know, Man, Man City at home against the teams at the bottom, but 
you you're looking at you know you could have five games or four games in the Premier League each weekend that could be over and under three and a half, and it shows you how incredible change it is. When I first started betting, the total goal lines when I first started the odds compiler, the total goal lines were like. 2.3, 2.4 in a Premier League game. It, 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 it's, it's insane. And um, I think that I think the thing is for me is do I stick or twist? Do I keep persevering? Because I still believe that it will come back to the norm. You know, it, I think it will come back over a period of time. And, and I, t- I do harp on about the weather and I do say, but it's freezing in London today. So <laughs> might, if anyone had traveled into to London, Jack, you'd have traveled in today, it's, it's frost and the weekend's going to get colder. So is it the time? If we don't see that goal line coming down over the next month, then that's it for the season, I think. I think, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think what might happen, and it's a big might really, is that there could be a reset with penalties because we saw it in the Champions League in midweek as well. And someone somewhere might just say, do you know what? This is ridiculous. And those. You know, when I was growing up, it was ball to hand and it was indirect free kick inside the penalty area. Now, that doesn't exist anymore in the in the laws of the game. So they might have a reset with that because the penalties, as Jack pointed out, is kicking it over those mm. two and a half lines an awful lot. We're seeing so many more penalties just on the late goals as well. Um, last season, 20 percent of the goals or thereabouts in the minutes from 76 to 90, which includes obviously added on time this season already, it's up to over 25%. So if you're looking at you cashing eyes, out, take, taking your profit, you know, you, 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 you could do. Sorry, Jack. That's right. My, my, my eyes get drawn now. to so the very rare line that you see at 2.25, which there is one this week. And you, although you go, yes, yeah, probably an unders or it's probably a low scorer. You're kind of feeling like you're obliged to go in blind on that one because you think, well, there will be goals. Like just because there has been, you you feel well. Is there a value? Because the fact that the line solo, you're playing the line rather than the, the teams or, or anything else. But yeah, it's 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 very interesting time, um, and one to you know, get your head stuck into. I think it's getting worse. I I, I don't think it's getting worse. I mean, last week was horrendous, but I mean, I think in the last three weeks, I had all the stats. I wrote them all out to do the show with Steve, and when I read them out, I felt so depressed. I put them through the shredder. <laughs> but um, there was, I think, there's been 18 goals in the last three weeks. They've been in, in 90 minutes or above. 18. Yeah. Three weeks. I mean, and you, that's not including penalties that have been gone to VAR. I mean, that is just unheard of. I used to feel comfortable with an underbet at around about 70 minutes. Thinking, well, I'm, I'm all right. I've got, I can take the dog for a walk now and be okay. <laughs> but now 85 minutes, you squeaky bum time. I think what it skews as well for, for those that like expected goals, expected goals was it 0.76 a penalty. Now, if a penalty is given for a handball next to the byline, that's never 0.76 of, of a move, but it turns into a penalty because of a ridiculous handball and suddenly the expected goal metric goes up. And if you're just looking at those without taking those penalty stats, and I know that a few um, statistical guys take out, they always go non-penalty XG, and that might be a, a better metric to go with. But all these numbers, I think, make it difficult. Uh, for betters at the moment, unless of course you're going blind overs every single week, and then you're holidaying in the Bahamas for the winter. Don't worry about that. But it's strange because it's the Premier League and it's the Bundesliga has gone mad. You look at France. You speak to Steve Wiss and Jamie Easton, our two French experts, and they will tell you something different. It is unders this season, and Italy's about unders as well. So it's courses for courses. It's a very very strange situation. At the moment. move, Nigel. The goal line. Yeah, yeah, you have to go. Yeah. Go and live yeah. in France. I don't, right. like to, I don't like to travel. I heard that rumour. <laughs> How many flights in 2023? I don't know. 
Yeah. I, I, well, I've, flown, I've flown them myself, mate, to be fair, but eager. Yeah. <laughs> right, we better start with the selections. Mm. People have been fast-forwarding over the first 10 minutes of the show, most likely. Uh, I hope not, because there are some nuggets in there, uh, and it's always great to chat back in with Nigel and Jack. We need to, to, to chat tips, though, and we're going to start with Newcastle-Manchester United, and there's some good discussion around this game anyway. Newcastle are favourites at minus 107 here. Manchester United plus 290. I mean, when Newcastle played United at home last season, fairly late last season, I think it was, they were plus 135. I know they've invested, but they've got all sorts of injury issue, issues at the moment. And Nigel, I mean, chaotic games for both of them in very different ways. And Newcastle, without low block, got the draw with Paris Saint-Germain. Again, a dodgy penalty in the 98th, 99th minute. Scuppered Newcastle backers there. And United, well, it was another... Just when we thought that they got some controlling fixtures with that really good win at Everton, it was complete chaos in Istanbul. I mean, as a better, do you just think, I'm going to leave this game? I know Jack's got to play in it. Or do you think there's an opportunity here? Well, I, when I was watching that Newcastle game, with all the injuries, they were absolutely out on their feet in the 98th minute, that penalty. And that must have taken so much out of them. And I was just hitting the button, just thinking I've got to oppose Newcastle in some kind of way. And then I watched the Man United game. And I thought, <laughs> how on any other team in the world, how, I, I want to oppose with. How can I? How can I trust Man United after what they've gone through? So it's a swerve for me, as you, you know, I, you know, I would, would not have a clue of how this match would go. Uh, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't really. Just it could. It could be anything. You can't be nil nil. That's for sure. But it could be anything. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what how Jack picked the bones out of this one because I was. Looking to I mean, those players were absolutely exhausted in 98 minutes, and then that penalty how are they going to lift themselves up? I don't know. And then Man United play that free game. So, over to you, Mr. Wright, because <laughs> I have got no idea how, what, how you're going to find the value here. But I'm, I'm all ears. Well, I was, I'm all ears anyway. But yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's a Newcastle win minus 107 was a play that there's been a bit of money for him that was a little bit better than that. Um, prior to said this week's uh, events, but yeah, Newcastle. So close yet so far with a, a massive win. And of course, that is a, a detrimental factor as far as that they are going to be um, recovering from that. And they were, as you said, dead on their feet come the end of that, that game. But I just look at this Man United side and I, I do want to oppose them where I can. I think you look at where they've gone in the league. They've kind of crept up the table under under chaotic scenes, but they've not really played anyone. And I think it's just putting a false Im impression on what they're about. Yeah, a good win against Everton is probably uh, certainly an outlier, I'd, I'd suggest, given what else we've seen. And last night's performance against Galatasaray made no difference to that, you know, emphasised that, in fact. To take a two-goal lead twice into that game and throw it away uh, was it's criminal, really. I think it was described as schoolboy. Eric Ten Hard said the, the management was poor. But I'll try and be brief on it because of the time scale. But Newcastle at home have been irresistible. Six wins in seven. The wins there, they've scored 17 and they've conceded two. The only game they've lost was that Liverpool game, which was a bit of a, another one of those freak games across the course of the season where they dominated it. Liverpool had a man sent off and still managed to find a way to win late in the game there. And um, they'd kept four successive clean sheets until Sterling's free kick last week for Chelsea. Um, one of those things that happened, but they've been very, very strong defensively. And as I said, they kept out PSG for 98 minutes until that controversial penalty uh, midweek. I think the key elements have an Isaac back, a focal point, a striker. He's got the best goals per 90-minute ratio in the entire league. So they've got two great strikers in Wilson and, and uh, Isaac. So to have one of them there, they've got the players to work around that and have Gimaresh in the middle as well. 
they don't tend to win without him. So having him there is is, is vital. You know, the young lads that have come in have done well, but I think they've got a one to eleven, which is exceptionally strong. There's been no further injury reports uh, from that PSG game, which is which is vital. But I think the one to eleven will beat Man United, uh, and so United have had one day less rest. They went to Galatasaray, they went to Turkey, as opposed to going to Paris, um, and had a, had a manic roller coaster game themselves, and they'll be devastated the fact that they were second in the group in the Champions League and are now back to bottom. So. Um, I think that kind of balances itself out relatively well. Anana, absolute horror show for him. There's one place you don't want to go, really. St. James's Park, 8 o'clock, with all the Geordies been able to get involved throughout the course of the day. They're going to give him some kind of stick. The pressure's going to be on him big style in that. And I wonder if he's going to be able to cope with that. There's a few players that they'll target for Man United as well. So, um, And for me, United are flat-track bullies. You look who they've beaten so far this season. Burnley, Sheffield United, Fulham and Everton. All sides pretty much in the bottom five. Last season, it was exactly the same thing. They didn't beat any side in the top nine. In fact, they only picked up one point from their trips to the top nine. That was against Tottenham. And this season, they've been to Arsenal and Tottenham and lost both those games as well. So across the two seasons so far, uh, they've uh, combined 33-9 loss on aggregate across all those games. And I'm just going to go with uh, a Newcastle side that I think we roared on by their support. We'll give them some extra legs. Won 2 0 in this last season. Already been to Old Trafford and won 3 0 in the League Cup. So I think at the price, I'm definitely playing it. I thought you were going to be desperate to jump in there, Nigel, with something. I thought you had an Anana gag for us, but <laughs> no, maybe not. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was going to say all the people turning up at Newcastle. And they're going to be like Jack turning up at the Christmas party, a bit Steve Wiss. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. So yeah. the Christmas party, he was the first one to go, wasn't he? Uh, let the Premier League boys down, didn't he? Let yeah, them down. Did, yeah. Yeah, didn't didn't actually yeah, and make in the, the last train. Man standing was Mr. Roebuck. So they well, pretty much. I think it was actually Steve Wiss. He was wandering through Dan Oxford Street about half past three in the morning. I think. <laughs> anyway, uh, Liverpool, Fulham for you to tackle for us, Nigel. Um, this is nine a.m. Eastern on the Sunday, as Jack was putting out. Eight o'clock local for the United game. Um, three p.m. Eastern. This one Sunday morning, Liverpool short price minus four twenty. Fulham. Huge, uh, plus 10.50, so uh, over 10 to 1. I mean, it's strange, isn't it? I watched the Champions League games, Nigel, in midweek, and, and there's such a sort of drop-off between the pressure on the Champions League teams and the Europa League. I mean, Liverpool are sort of taking it in their stride, aren't they, at the moment? I would, we, We're recording ahead of, of their latest match day five game in the Europa League, but it, it just doesn't seem to be a, a, appear to be an issue for them at the moment. No, they've got a big enough squad to cope with it, haven't they? I mean, Brighton are obviously struggling after European football, and they've got a decent enough squad, but uh, they're struggling. Liverpool can put out whichever side they want, really, and they'll progress through. And then if they see their league position, and they'll take the tournament um, seriously. I mean, they're going to get in Champions League, aren't they, With through through the uh, the domestic. They're going to finish in the top four. So, I mean, it's not really could be a concern for them. It'll be nice to silverware. But this match is a massive concern, a massive interest for them. I thought Liverpool were really good against Man City second half. I thought they, were, they, I thought they dominated the match, actually. They were, they were in a much better side. Uh, they contained Man City night. And we were chatting off air. I think Man City have got some problems this season. I think they're conceding a lot of goals. And I don't think they look anywhere near the team they have been over the last couple of years. So, And, and, I, and I've always said, I mean, I've... You know, I know Arsenal are peaking quite well at the moment, but I always think that Liverpool do not know. He still doesn't know his best side. He hasn't got the best out of Nunes. Uh, he, he's reliant on Salah so much. The midfield, he's got so much quality, but he's trying to fit them on. Diaz is an absolute worldie, but he doesn't play regularly. 
And I think once it, they really do know their best 11, I think they're a side that will come on really strong in the second half of the season. And I'm very happy with my bet on them to win the Premier League title of what I've seen so far. So that's on that one. On this match, and the match at hand, though, I'm going to go for the old favourite, the win to nil. Bet Rivers has actually taken that market off the website, so you have to do a, a same-gay parlay. I can't believe it. I'm not betting unders that I'm doing same-gay parlays. Parlay. What is going on with <laughs> well, that? So you've changed, The world Nigel. is changing. You've the changed. World is, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> so anyway, I'm doing a same-gay parlay. You've got to clip that same-gay parlay. I'm going to go for Liverpool to win and Fulham under a half a goal, which is in old money. My term is Liverpool to win to nil. Uh, Liverpool have played six at home this season, won every single one of them. Um, they've kept one, one to nil in four of their six matches. Uh, they've only conceded two goals at home, which is the best record in the Premier League. Their last three home matches have been 3-0 against Brentford, 3-0 against Forest, 2-0 against Everton. And you would say that all those sides are pretty much in or around the level of Fulham. Uh, Fulham only won one on the road this season. Um, I know recently they've had some overs matches, but I mean, Fulham, I think they're going to struggle to score against this Liverpool side. We know all season they their problems with, with scoring goals, but they sort of, like everyone in the Premier League, suddenly to, suddenly to score goals in matches that you don't expect them to score. Um, if you look at the head-to-head in this record, it's really quite interesting, actually, because in the last 10 years, both teams to score has been a no in the last 10 years in this match. It's not a match that traditionally score, sees goals. Eight of the last 10 years have cashed under two and a half goals, so as well, so... Liverpool won 1-0 last year, three of the four years that Liverpool have won to nil. And I just think at plus money, plus 112, I think that's a really, really good bet. I haven't really been really strong because of my, my confidence has been a bit bruised over the last few weeks in the, with these goals going to the Premier League. But I really do like this bet quite a lot, actually. I think the price is so good, plus 112. I mean, if they're minus 450 to win the match, and given that they've only conceded two goals at home this season in the Premier League, against the Fulham team without Mitrovic and we know, you know, know where they are struggling on the road to score. I think at plus money, plus 112 is a sensational price. So Liverpool to win to nil on the same game parlay on the Bet Rivers website. You bet Liverpool to win and Fulham to score under half a goal. It pays them plus 112. It is the biggest selection that we've got on the show this week in terms of price. Let's go to Bournemouth Villa, which is another 9am Sunday kickoff. A lot of these games, not live in the UK, but because you're in the States, you'll be able to watch them. Um, we are looking at Bournemouth here, Nigel, off the back of back-to-back wins, uh, and they're now plus 400 to be relegated. We thought that they might get drawn into it. They still might do, but in, in fairness, they're making a, a better fist of uh, of staying up and showing the sort of form that one or two people thought they might do under Iraola. However, they're up against the Villa side that, as we know, are good off the back of European games themselves, and they are a shade under even money. Talk us through your play here. Well, I mean, I'm just going to go for the money line on Villa to win the match. Um, they were evens when I sent the thing through, so I think there might be a little bit of money for them. So if you can get them around even money, lovely if you can get the the evens. But uh, I think we might have got a little bit carried away about Bournemouth. I still think there's a club that's struggling. You, you know, I still think the players they've got, the money they've spent, they're not good enough in the, in the Premier League. And I think they're very fortunate. There's a lot of teams at the bottom who are a lot worse than them currently this year. Um, Villa are the real deal. I think Villa, I think they're sensational. I think they're they're brilliant side. I mean, everyone says, well, we have said on this show how great they are at home, and they are. Their home form this season has been absolutely phenomenal. But away from home, they're not bad as well. They've gone to Chelsea and one, they've gone to Tottenham and one. But in Bournemouth, I know they've won the back the last two matches, but they were at home to Newcastle, who were absolutely depleted 
after a Champions League game from, from injuries. And Newcastle w- weren't at the races that day. They were abused by their supporters coming off the pitch. It was a Trippier was getting some stick. It was a really bad performance, but it was a really, you know, a, 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 a patched up Newcastle side that didn't have any players in hardly any positions, the key positions they want to play with. And and then, then the other win they had was against Sheffield United, who were absolutely diabolical. So, okay, they have won two matches. Great, that's brilliant. But let's look at the composition they've played here. They haven't played anybody of, of great ilk. And, and for, Villa are just winning games. They've got goals all over the pitches for the side. They're entertaining to watch. They've got some real quality. Uh, Watkins is a, a real lively shout to finish in the top three for the top Premier League goal scorer. I think he's a real contender there. Um, he wants to prove himself, obviously, for, with a European Championship coming up this year. I think he's going to be England's de- deputy for, for Harry Kane. And I, I, I just think this it's a big, big, I think it's a big prize. I think I think that Villa are being a little bit undervalued. If Tottenham had come to Bournemouth, I, I think they, or or um, any, any other team in that sort of top four, top five of Arsenal went there, you, you would expect Arsenal to be around about, I don't know, minus $2, something like that. Um, even money, Villa, is that a price that really is paying respect? I saw Brighton last season going off at places like this around about even money. Plus one ten. I think that's a real, real derogatory quote for Unai Emery and a bit disrespectful for what he's done at the club. So, in or around even money, very simple. Villa on the money line. Villa on the money line to win away at the Vitality or the old Dean Court. If you're my age, uh, Jack, you go deeper into the stats for your play here. This is an interesting one because both teams have got to be positive effectively with your play. Yeah, and that's what I expect to see here. I've gone for both sides to take four or more corners, so four plus corners each at minus 115. I agree with everything Nigel said there as far as the two sides are concerned. I think there's been an overreaction as far as Bournemouth's recent results. And Villa are a joy to watch. They're very, very exciting, and they do play very high up the pitch, um, which does lead to plenty of opportunities. And I think this is a nice matchup because I think Villa will be high up the pitch with their with their wing-backs, full-backs, and that means Bournemouth can look to exploit behind. Um, Bournemouth have 40% of their attacks down the left-hand side. That's the second highest in the league, which does lead to them winning plenty of corners. So I don't need to go into too much detail here other than a few stats to back up why I've gone for it. Um, Bournemouth have had four or more corners in five of their seven home games. They've hit six against all three of Newcastle, Arsenal and Spurs have visited the Vitality Stadium, Dean Court for us, um, and average exactly six corners per home game. Uh, they concede an average of 5.86. Uh, they've conceded four or more in six of their seven home games, so that bodes well for the Villa side that, as you said, will go and attack this like crazy, because that's what they do. Uh, and as far as Villa are concerned, four or more corners in five of their seven away games. They've hit 10 at Forest, 10 at Wolves, and 11 at Chelsea. Shows you exactly how they go about their business. They love to shoot from distance. They love to get in round the back. They love to get crosses into the box. They've got Watkins up front, who's an incredible worker. Goals that Nigel's mentioned, but assists also. They average 6.86 corners per away game. They concede 4.71 on average. And they've conceded four or more in five of their seven. So all those stats add up. It kind of stood out a little bit of another way into this one uh, for how you expect this game to pan out. We're looking for corners for both Villa and Bournemouth over three and a half. The pair comes in at minus one, one, five. Fair price, according to those stats, as Jack's just explained. West Ham versus Crystal Palace, 9 a.m. Sunday again. And again, we've got a team off the back of European action. West Ham are 
favourites here, uh, plus 102. Crystal Palace plus 280. The draw plus 250 on the money line. But we go to the goals. Palace, Nigel, as we talked about at the top of the show or referenced in part, have done us uh, late when it comes to unders. But will three times be a charm for you here? Well, they've done us. They've done us the last two weeks. And uh, it's it goes back to that thing I mentioned earlier. Do we stick or do we twist? Do we do we say oh, we've had enough of them, or do we think we were getting the value? Now I I looked at this these matches last week. I mean, how both these two sides last week like lost on under two and a half goals. I, I, I it's it's incredible. So if we look if we look at last week, West Ham were playing Burnley nil nil at half time. Nothing happening. No shots on target. Absolutely dire encounter. A penalty. In the 49th minute, Burnley score from a penalty. Gets to the 86th minute, we get an own goal. And in an injury time, we get an injury time winner, 90 minutes plus three two checks. So anyone how's on the you, under, how's your look? Anyone on the under stick that's been done by a penalty, an own goal, and an, an injury time winner. The three things that could possibly go wrong for you all go wrong for you in one match. Then we head to Luton, where we played under two and a half goals. It's nil-nil at half-time. Nothing is happening. Absolutely picking up the money. You, you, you can't... You, we, there's no way this is happening. Nil-nil, this is. 70th minute, Giza scores. 72nd minute for Luton. 74th minute, Elise scores a weldy. And then an 83rd minute winner as well. So from the 70th minute to the, to the 90th minute, we've conceded three goals. Two matches where you just literally... Cannot believe that you've lost on under two and a half goals. We've we've had the debate about under two and a half goals early in the show. I'm not really going to go on any more about the strategy. I just think that this is a London derby. I think the two sides, West Ham after a, a, a European trip, they're in Serbia. Uh, Crystal Palace, we know that um, they're very negative in, in terms of Roy Hodgson, the way he sets his sword out. I know they've got some of their most attacking players back, uh, back Olisi, uh, Eze, Eduardo as well. But I just think that uh, they might cancel each other out here. And I'm hoping, you know, these were the kind of games that I looked at last season and the season before and just highlighted his under two and a half goals straight away and was, and was cashing, not all the time, but cashing more often than not. And I think on a weekend where I am really quite nervous, I don't want to wave the white flag just yet. I don't want people <laughs> to say, oh, CD's got it wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to, Stick with it, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we've got this cold snap. It's going to be a lot of rain around on Sunday. They reckon it's going to be sleet and rain. It's going to be really cold Saturday. Temperature uh, increases on Sunday in London, but a lot of rain and sleet. And I think that may sort of impact the style of the match we're going to see here. And I think with the champion, with the Europa League visits to Serbia, the way the two teams played out, we can look at the record and say, yeah, the last six of these games of Oak, the, the, the last two matches both cashed on overs. But when you actually break down the match and look at it, Unders betters were extremely, extremely unlucky in those two matches. So, and I bet both of them unders. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a very painful experience last week. So, I'm gonna I will have a small stake on under two and a half goals, and it's on the price as well. I think minus one ten is the price. I think if this match was played last season, you'd probably be about minus one minus one fifty. I think minus one ten is is a price that I'm happy to take. I mean, I don't think we had confirmation yet, but Ezer is likely to be out, I think, this weekend as well. He's got an injury, isn't he, that um, might leave him out, which would see this price go in our favour, I think, as well, um, when that's confirmed. I don't think it has been yet, but I think that's likely. I was just looking at the half-time markets here. I mean, you could play, you know, effectively nil-nil because under half a goal is plus 195. Goals by West Ham in the first half under 0.5 is minus 109, so close to even money. I mean, is that something that you, 
that you could potentially yeah. get involved in rather than because you know you've just highlighted there there was so little happening in the previous two games you talked about they were both nil nil at half time i mean there's no wriggle room when we're looking at these markets because it's not under one and a half because you get very short there exactly. minus 250 you know you're literally hoping you haven't for got no much goals like you say, you haven't got, I'd rather play a minus one goal in the Asian handicap and get yeah. a push if there's one goal. Yeah. That would be that would yeah. be how I would play the market. But I just think I just think that um you know unfortunately we can't tip people in play here. But I can only, you know, and your record is saying what you got here. But I think the 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 rule of what these unders bets are now is stick with the unders, but when you get to 70 minutes, trade out of it. Take your money because you essentially got thirty minutes of football and the, and things are going crazy. And these two, the two, these two teams last week, seventy minutes were, were involved in a both. I mean, the Luton game, the Crystal Palace at sixty minutes must have been, I reckon, twelve on minus one, one minus one thousand two hundred to be a, to be a, a to be an under two and a half goal must have been maybe even lower, maybe maybe fifteen minus one thousand five hundred. Had to be seventy minutes. Two sides like this, Luton. No one would have thought there'd be a, there'd be two three goals in the last seventeen minutes, but there was. So and that, and that's the common factor throughout the Premier League on every team. It's all going crazy in those last twenty minutes. So yeah, I would go for the under two and a half minus one ten, and then um, if you if you get to seventy five minutes and you've got a great opportunity to hedge or. or Cash. I never like to hedge. These are this is like the most unbelievable podcast. You know, hedging Dangay Palace. What is going on? Will the real Nigel see? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. What's happened there? Where is Nigel? Uh, Who is this guy? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, missing, was I used to be called Nick Seeley. Uh, I, I had a byline in uh, the uh, New York. The New York, the New York Post got me to write an, an article with. Um, uh, for the World Cup, and I had a little column in it. I was under the name of Nick Seeley. So this is Nick Seeley doing this. What was his record like? Better than yours? Very good, very good. <laughs> yeah. No one can afford maybe, him, though. Very maybe, maybe we very should get him on for next week. <laughs> uh, Asian total first half under one for the push, if it is one at minus 110. Might not be the worst way to play it, but yeah, obviously, yeah, Nigel's giving you some good food for thought there if you're playing the unders this weekend. Big game of the weekend is, of course, Manchester City versus Spurs, 11.30am on Sunday. Now, not so long ago, people were saying, well, when Spurs run in to Manchester City, this is going to be interesting. But Spurs have run into a load of teams that have smashed them recently, so it doesn't really matter, maybe. Spurs, plus 800. Manchester City at home, minus 335 here. Uh, City were minus 200 for the corresponding fixture uh, last season. I mean, I, I thought everyone thought Spurs were going to be better, but it, it turns out that they're not. And all this about no European football, Jack would potentially say, well, they've had all this... Uh, this time to to prepare for this game, but we know that they're massively injury hit. So how do we go about getting the value, Jack? It's tricky, isn't it? This way we talked about it. There's injuries. There's uh, the European fixtures to take into account. Obviously, you even mentioned the weather. We've got a full round of Premier League fixtures coming up this coming next midweek. So Man City away at Villa. What a game that's going to be. Spurs at home, London Derby. So how will that bear things into mind? It's a, it's a right minefield to be fair but I on my ratings through my my, my little tracker that I put through I just had Spurs at a, a, a different price to this and to get a plus 1.75 Asian handicap I'm taking it uh, we know what City can do but I think a, a plus 175 Asian handicap minus 130 is the bet means half the stake is on a one and a half goal plus for Spurs and half the stakes on two Asians. So for us to lose all this stake, they actually do need to lose by three goals. But 
I'm taking them to put up a bit of a fight in this one because of a few reasons. You have mentioned the fact that they've had the wig off, for want of a better phrase, while City had an unexpectedly very tough evening against RB Leipzig. Two goals down, got it back, had to go right to the death, had a goal disallowed Leipzig right towards the end, and then City went and stole it. So they certainly didn't... didn't coast that game, didn't take it easy. So there's plenty going on there. Obviously, had their winning streak ended last week by Liverpool, uh, that massive winning streak at home. So it's kind of shown that it can be done. And as Nigel said, I think Liverpool were um, certainly their match, their equal, if not their better, in large parts of that fixture. And it's interesting to look at the sides that have taken points from City this season. Other than Wolves, who sat back deep, low block, and hit them on the counter. You've seen Chelsea, Arsenal, and Liverpool all take on Manchester City on the front foot, high press, put them under pressure and be bold and positive on the ball. And that pretty much sums up how Tottenham play. So it could all go wrong as, you know, these sides have to take that chance, but it all could go very right. They've also got a very good record against Manchester City. They were 2-0 up at halftime in this last season. They did lose it 4-2 with one of those famous added on-time goals going against them. But... Prior to that, they'd won three of the last four games against Manchester City. So they've got that confidence within the squad that they can do it. We saw Darwin Nunes have a few few good chances against uh, City last week. In behind, some good running, some good movement. I think if Hyungmin Son gets those opportunities, he's more than likely to take at least one, if not a couple of them. So I think there's got lots of positives for Spurs. Yes, was concerned about the injury list, thinking... Are they going to be able to create the chances? Are they going to be able to put up a fight against City? Looking over the last three games, there were kind of excuses behind it. The first start of that, of course, was that Chelsea game where they reduced to nine men, but still created chances and were undone with a couple of very late goals when they were pushing for it. Um, We go to the game against Wolves. They were ahead for 87 minutes in that one, weren't they? And then there was two added on time goals going against them there to lose by one. And then against Villa, they lost 2-1 in that one, but had the better numbers as far as process are concerned. Yeah, we know the only thing that matters is the final score, but Son had three goals disallowed in that one as well. So that could have been a completely different story also. So I think that they're, they're certainly creating and in some ways taking their chances. It's just been a bit of an unlucky two or three games for them. Um, so I've got confidence in Spurs still. Ange Postacoglu's come out and said that he couldn't ask for more of his side. They're playing very well. They're just not getting the breaks at the moment. So I think they will still go there with confidence. And as for the first time in a while, they're going into a game as a as, as a big underdog. So it's uh, kind of got that respect that they can actually go in and cause a bit of a, a shock here. And you look at City's home record, they've not blown good sides away. They beat Bournemouth 6-1, Fulham 5-1 and Forest 2-0. But they play Brighton, Newcastle and Liverpool at the A-head this season. They beat Brighton 2-1, this bet with cash. They beat Newcastle 1-0, this bet would fully cash. And they drew 1-1 with Liverpool, this bet would fully cash. So, And Spurs is a way record. Other than that defeat to Wolves, which still would cash on this particular line, they've got an unbeaten record and included going to Arsenal with Arsenal flying and getting a draw there. So I think confidence is there. And with the, the line as it's set, I'm happy to take it. Plus 175 Asian handicap, minus 130 is uh, the price. Um, I did some uh, stats regarding both teams to score, but I've just looked at the price at uh, minus yeah. 140. It seems very, very short, but I mean, City, you're making money if you're playing both teams to score uh, this season, as you did last the season. I think that Spurs are going to score. So yeah, that, they that, do. I mean, I, I, and that, that you know, it, it comes to the big question, really. I mean, I was going to put the both teams to score, yes, sort of discussion up, but really, and we talked about this off air, Nigel, what we're looking at here is City, and Jack's just highlighted it, 
and I've talked about both teams to score. Yes, market. What we're seeing here with City is they're not maybe as good as the outright market suggests potentially. Had they got control of games, should we be backing them at what is it minus one sixty two for the title? What's what's your thoughts on well, on, it, on got... any, any bet on this game and and just City at the moment in terms of the title? Right? I think the thing is with teams that win the win the Premier League title, I think they're a settled eleven. You know, they make changes, a couple of changes in midfield. Man City have always made changes in that midfield. You never, any any four or five of about nine, you never know who's going to play midfield. But the defence has always been pretty settled. This defence, you never know who's going to play. They're changing every week. There's probably, there's different players playing in different positions and and they're conceding the goals at alarming rate. And I think up against better opposition, I think that's where they're going to struggle. We look at Liverpool, who are in transition. We don't know their midfield, but at home, they've only conceded two goals this season because they're relying on the same back three or back four, whichever they decide to play. You know, there's always, you've got Van Dijk, you've got Robertson, you've got Trent, if he plays in that result role, that they're there every week when, they, when they're fit. Man City defensively are changing all the, all the time. Going back to your point in this game, 47 goals in the last 10 matches with this in this fixture. It's averages 4.7 goals per game. Six of those, um, nine of the 10 both teams have scored at, at the 10 matches in this fixture. All of them have been over two and a half goals. Eight of the 10 have been over three and a half goals and six of the 10 have been over four and a half goals. Given this crazy season that we are having and the amount of, you know, that you, you, you know, you, you've got to be a madman to be under two and a half goals. Anyway, uh, you're going to be, um, <laughs> but I would, I would uh, go for something really random. Just a crazy thing. Four, three, Man City, five, three, Man City, three, three. We had Man City at a four, four the other week against Chelsea. This season with these two sides, the way Tottenham play, the way that uh, he, um, uh, and uh, Postecoglou sets his a team up. Mate, then they go three nil down. They're still Kamikaze style. If it's ten up front, this could be anything. This could be a cricket score. Cue the first nil nil of the season. <laughs> I've, I've just tried to put four four in the correct score market on Bet Rivers, and it, it doesn't allow me to put four for Spurs for some unknown reason. Well, Spurs cannot four three City plus fifty five hundred. That's something um, like that. That's what you want. Yeah, a couple of dollars could, on some crazy. Yeah, score you could, yeah, you could touch a few, couldn't you? You could play a few. I yeah, mean, over five, three, you, six, and, three. And you mentioned before, uh, I put the overs and unders lines on, on the running order and it's three and a half and it's plus 104 over, mm. minus 129 under. And that's the three and a half line. I mean, it is it is a ridiculous one. And I think we'll get it as well for those that like to play the, the sort of ladder overs and they go two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half and so on. And you put your stakes accordingly. I would not put punters off. Um, we need some best bets before we wrap up. We've run a bit long uh, today. Nigel, what's your best play over this weekend? Uh, Liverpool to win to nil against Fulham at plus 112. I think that's a fantastic price. And Jack? I'm actually going to go with Newcastle. Newcastle to beat Manchester United on the money line. You're going on? You with that one yet? At minus 107. Those are the best bets from the boys. Nigel, Jack, thanks for your company. Uh, Good luck to everyone over the course of this weekend. That is a wrap for week 14 of Betting Weekly Premier League show. We're going to be back on Monday. There is a midweek card of fixtures in the EPL. We'll get the best bets uh, on the Tuesday and Wednesday games for you. Make sure you stay across all of the Betting Weekly content via app because we win from all of us. For now, it is goodbye.